everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Roos Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for rice sports news and analysis. The Roost podcast is part of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Republic of Football podcast network. Well, that was fun. Uh, maybe yeah. more full than we were hoping it would be after the first, uh, you know, 20, 26 minutes or so. But uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, as we were discussing, I I think, A, uh, I was going back, but I think the biggest win in that has ever been celebrated in the Brian Patterson Center, period. We would fact check that. We're at uh, 2016, that building was built. So that was after the conference championship that was won on that field in that stadium. And I think, inarguably, the, the biggest win of the Mike Bloomgren era full stop yeah like if there's any competition I guess it's the Marshall game which uh they were ranked but uh you know this one was over a um uh here's where I do a complete pivot and be like yes Houston is a power five team (laughs) absolutely we've never questioned that or made fun of it at all um but I believe that's the first um power five win since uh I went and double checked this they did I had remembered uh, wins over Kansas and Purdue in like 2011, 2012, but they did beat Kansas also in 2013. Yeah. But but a non-Kansas Power Five win is a pretty like I feel like that's an important caveat, and uh, I don't I don't even know how far like I haven't it it predates my time as a Rice fan I think. Uh, the last time they beat a Power 5 team that was not Kansas or early 2010s Purdue. Yeah, you, you probably go back. I had We had pulled, and actually I was doing the Blue and Gray preview show with J.P. Heath. So plug for that. We do it every Wednesday at noon on YouTube, and it'll be out on socials. But we were we were prepping for that, and he said, hey, when's the last time Rice beat a Power 5 team? I said, uh... I don't know. Why is that relevant? Because I had mentally, I still have not <laughs> And that was not even like a, in a, like a rivalry sense, like ha ha, right. the other team. It was like my brain just had not computed that being a thing. And uh, so, but yeah, 18 consecutive losses to power five teams. Last one being back in 2013. First Bayou bucket win in the last, I guess they've gone seven losses in a row uh, in the first win since 2010. Uh, this is the first home win in overtime for Mike Bloomgren. Uh, just stack all of the accolades that you could. And my, oh my, like, of course it had to come in like painstaking fashion, but I guess there's two halves to break down and kind of the repercussions. But I think big picture, you know, we, at some point, I, I don't know if you said it or we were kind of thinking it. We said there's a scenario where you play Texas at the beginning of the year. They're really good. But then you have Houston Prairie View. Uh, who else? Uh, te- uh, sorry, Houston, Texas Southern, UConn, who's 0-2, I believe, right now. Uh, Tulsa and USF. You, your heavy hitters are not on the front half, so you could go on a little run. So... Yeah, and also, like, even um, this Houston team that uh, Rice just beat uh, 
obviously transitive wins, you know, all the all the caveats that apply. But like, uh, remember who they beat last weekend? I do remember. That was UTSA for those playing along at home. Yeah. So um, and more transitive scoring while we're at it before we get into the actual <laughs> game breakdown. Uh, Alabama scored. Uh, was it f- 14 points? 24, te- 24, 24. Okay. 24 points on the Texas defense. Saying they might be pretty stingy. We'll find out. This is not an Alabama podcast. This is yeah. a Rice podcast. Yeah, so, please let's for once I'm going to say let's <laughs> please stop talking about Alabama. I don't want to think about it right now. Uh, that's fair. Nor <laughs> nor do I for, for for our sake. I want to talk about Rice because man, this was fun and I will say this, I I had a text queued up after Rice went up 28 to nothing that said this is an absolute butt kicking. And I was about to hit send (laughs) like no joke. This is in my phone and I was about to hit send, but I said, you know what? Let's see how this Houston drive finishes. (laughs) We'll see see where it goes. And I did not send that text, but which normally I would say that would have been a good idea, but like maybe, (laughs) maybe you should have, you know, that would have kept the energy going. Maybe like reverse of your usual jinx logic. We fast forward, it's 1.30 in the mor- morning, and I'm sitting there, and my phone has blown up at this point, right? Like, I got guys from, like, uh, Rice Admin and media, different media folks and different folks that I know, and people are just texting me about this game. Side note, this is a funny story from a coach. I was talking with him after the game, and he said, I'm getting congratulatory text messages from people that I don't even know. He's like, just phone numbers that I don't <laughs> like, have in do my, have phone my phone with no text history or just saying, congrats, man. <laughs> I was just like, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so I see that text at 1.30 in the morning and I'm like, well, and so I sent it to the person I was going to send it to. And I said, well, you know, <laughs> I, I guess I was wrong, but kind of right. Yeah, man. What a what a so fast start. I, I think we have to start by talking about JT Daniels. Yeah, uh, turns out when you're not getting uh, pressure up the middle within moments on every single snap, uh, this guy's pretty good. The quote from Mike Bloomgren was afterwards, somebody asked him, what did you see different between JT in this game and the Texas game? And he said he wasn't playing on his back. He actually got <laughs> to play quarterback. Quote, and this is a direct quote. Uh, he wasn't playing chicken with his head cut off. Like, <laughs> that is what Mike Bloomberg said afterwards. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, but it was it was so true. His throws were so crisp. The touchdown that he hit my, uh, Luke McCaffrey in the top of the end zone where his helmet pulled off it was just dropped it in the bucket right in front of him. Which, yeah, by the way, if you haven't seen that picture, it, it went around, I think it got picked up on the, the photo or the cover of the game for ESPN a couple places. Yeah. That might be the picture of the year. It's McCaffrey arms raised celebrating a touchdown, no helmet. You, and the, the football is in midair behind him from where he's like tossed it up in celebration. It's spectacular. Yeah. And that was the moment where, because I believe that was the 
that was the score. I have it here in, in front of me where Rice went up. Uh, yeah, 21 to nothing. And that was at the that was the very end of the first quarter. And that was the point where it was just like, OK, there's you score two touchdowns and you jump out to a lead. And then there's you're up 21 to nothing. And. U of H has offered zero resistance where it was like I, that was the moment where I'd kind of the, the working theory. And I said this last week, I believe, was the work was if JT Daniels has a chance to like stand up and play quarterback, it's going to be good. But man, I. I don't know if I envisioned it being that good, even with, a, you know, he had that interception and like a rough second half. He completed 67 percent of his passes. I don't even care about the yardage or the touchdowns or anything. Sixty seven percent. We haven't seen nine, a rice quarterback do that. Five yards an attempt. It will 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 get it done all day long and twice on Sundays. Yeah, it it was absolutely masterful. I thought his throws were great. He looked so calm and so collected. I thought for the most part, the receiving core that, you know, kind of scared us, honestly, for, you yeah. know, last week with every, how everything was going on. I thought, especially in the first half, the receivers, you know, played really, really well. We got a Braylon Walker touchdown sighting. Uh, Giovanni Johnson had a grab. Kobe Campbell had a good grab. Uh, Luke <laughs> finished with 99 yards and two touchdowns. Like, yeah, it's going to uh, be a bummer because we're going to have to limit different his... players with at least 30 yards receiving. It was a clinic. It, the, I, the offense was was so good and and really through through the first half, the only real mistake was was Daniel's interception in the end zone. Like it was it was just a horribly bad pass. Just like, yeah, threw it completely to the wrong. Like if he throws it to the back shoulder where it should have gone, it should have been a touchdown. And even if it doesn't, it shouldn't be interceptable. And he just he screwed up. And that was a bummer because you you could have been up 35 to nothing at that point. And then at yeah, that point, like everybody mails it in. Right. There's. And maybe not. Who knows how this this is rice football. It's always an adventure, it seems. <laughs> but but yeah, so that that was the one lone downside, uh, I guess. So how do we do this? Do we talk big picture offense and go into the negatives of the second half? Or do we talk the rest of the first half of the game and talk about the defense? Uh, uh, I guess the former, because then we can say we don't have to, to just. That's fair. Sort of end on the low notes. But yeah, like just incredible work all around first half. And the only thing they really didn't do, which kind of. You can say I think is part of what came back to bite them in the second half is uh, still can't really run the ball. Uh, like take out, you know, the neat. Un well, we had a team rush for minus one. Oh, the, the kneel down at There's the a kneel down at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was like, just, I was like, wait a minute. They won in overtime. They couldn't have been kneeling, but it's <laughs> a, it's to, to go to overtime. Yeah. So take that out. Take uh, like. Daniel's sack yardage out and you have 27 carries for 77 yards, which is bad. And then you also consider 37 yards of that are uh, on one Dean Connors run earlier in the game. 
So that was not great. Um, I guess the upshot is it didn't really like the, the offense as a whole was so great without it. Um, but, you know, if you'd just been able to sustain a couple of drives and maybe put even a field goal on the board in the second half, you run, you churn through more of the clock and you probably like this one becomes a nail biter of like, uh, you know, you you hold on and it becomes just sort of uncomfortable in the second half yeah. instead of actually going to overtime. So I talked with a couple of people about this mm-hmm. because I was I was I was frankly just like stunned. And Bloomberg actually said this in his media availability directly after the game. He said, you know, there's something in my just West Coast DNA and I've been a victim of it in the past where I get too conservative and I just want to ground the football and and sit on it. And he said he he said we made a commitment before the game this se- in this season to our team that we won't do that because we trust those guys in those room to make plays. And I think what we saw was a a di- a direct reflection of that. And I know in in the past like there's been a lot of fair criticism of Bloomgren and the offense and his play calling and they've lost games like this where they had the lead and it just disappeared because they sat on it. And whatever you do, you cannot accuse them of sitting on it in this game because no. they they didn't run the ball. Like so, I I'm I'm actually like I'm not terribly upset about that. Like I yeah, I wish you could have happened, but also I'm looking and just living through it. The drive chart in the second half was so weird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because, because you have the the. The where do I have the rice drives here in, in the third quarter? Yeah, okay, perfect. You have a gain a couple yards, you end up punting, you have a fumble, uh, you have a dropped pass on third down, uh, you gain a couple yards in a punt, and you decide not to go for it on like fourth and two from your own like 30. Like the <laughs> It just it didn't work out, but the offense like it the offense wasn't as lethargic in the second half as I thought. When I kind of was watching yeah. it live real time, I'm like, oh, they're imploding. But what kind of happened, obviously, honestly, is what happened in the second half against Texas, where the defense just kind of started getting leaned on to the point where they were getting tired. Those chances on offense were getting shorter and shorter. So when you had a four play drive or a six play drive on offense, it just boom and it got zapped yeah. and went out. So no. and I like I have no issues with the mentality. Like you you don't when you go into a shell, uh, even when you're up by a certain amount, like you that's playing not to lose. That's not playing to win. So like I respect the mentality a lot. You just wish that like on the plays they did run it, that the results could have been a little less ugly. But I, I have no problem with them all not trying to, like, bash their heads into a wall. Um, well, so here's the thing. Here was the other thing that that kind of confused me a little bit because I'm watching the game, right? And I'm like, I see they go into fourth quarter and they're averaging, like, that 2.2 yards a carry, 2.3 or something like that. And I'm like, they just haven't run the football. And then I look at the carry count. And I'm like, they, they didn't really try. I mean, they they did a little bit like they had end up with 31 carries on the game. But but Juma has 10. Dean has eight. 
Uh, Dalen has five carries, but all of his carries are the short yardage plunge. Five carries for 13 yards and three touchdowns. That yeah. is excellent. That's all. That's all. Like, Love it. he's a supposed to no average notes. two and a half yards a carry. Like, that's what he's going to be when he's on the field. That's what's going right. to happen. Yeah. And then you have some jet sweeps. So I'm looking. They, this was a and, you know, I talked with some folks afterwards. This was a game plan because of how de- how Houston plays their defense that they were. They were like, this is going to be a JT game. And and it was. And the thing that that kind of just wrapping all up this running point, right, that is was interesting to me is you go look in overtime, right? And they had a I think they had like a second and three where they handed it off to Dean Connors uh, in one of the overtimes. And he just goes up the middle and gets four converts on the first down. And then you have Dalen Alexander, who has three touchdowns and the two point conversion. So against Texas, it was like, man, they can't run. Like, period, the end, they just can't. They got one short yardage play, but that was basically it. And against Houston, I was like, man, they're not converting. They're not running the ball efficiently at all. But you look at the fourth quarter and you look at overtime when you're like, hey, you have to run the ball. You have to man up and win. And they won almost all of them. So, like, you'd like to to run efficiently on standard downs, which they didn't do. But when you had to have, like, in power situations when they're doing the, Hey, here's three, like eight offensive linemen and three fullbacks. Like they did that. They converted like, and that's, you know, if you have a great passing offense and you can knuckle up in, in the short yardage situations like that and just get a yard, convert a fourth down, convert at the goal line like that, like that's really solid. And, you know, it won't always be the case that, like it has been, you know, throw throw the Texas game out the window at this point. I think you can say that. And then you still have a team in Houston that has, a, you know, better talent that they've recruited, um, which tends to come out in, in when you're trying to run the ball like that. So, can I, you know, it wasn't, was like it wasn't amazing to watch, but like they did what they had to in the right situations. Um, and yeah, you know, you'll like, you'll take that. Well, and I want to like harken back to something that we've been talking about for like for literal years on this podcast was when you don't have a quarterback, the other team can just put seven in the box and dare you to throw it. And yeah, we've seen the rice offense just crumble to pieces because they couldn't counteract that. And you know, if you go back and, and you watch it, it in the front that Houston plays, it, it I don't know if I, it's not really fair to call. I don't know if it's exotic is too much, but like they, they do a lot of different things with it. And there's usually an extra man in the box. And there was a lot in this game, if not two. And JT took advantage of it. <laughs> like, yeah, Houston dared him to throw and beat him all outside. And and he did like JT was was surgical for for most of the night. So I think I think Texas Southern, I think this weekend is the game where you like, okay, we can run the football and you prove to your to yourself and your team that like we're good. Like I think you have that moment for that. But shoot, if you're like, hey, this was the plan tonight and it worked, I'm I'm still kind of nervous because we haven't really seen dominant rice running game in a minute. But I I I feel better about it after the fact, kind of assessing how they move the ball on the ground in, in overtime and 
just the the push. I thought the offensive line like protected JT pretty well. And I mean, they won in the trenches when it mattered. So uh, cautiously optimistic. I think a lot like the one thing that I, I, I have to circle in if you're asking me like what really was the the thing where just it crippled them in the second half is I think the thinned out receiving core man is is something that we have to monitor because you had yeah. the fumble, you had some drops, you had things that like man, it just felt like in the second half when they're when they're marching back, I'm like, you just get in the box one more time. Like you just get one more score and it's 35 to 14 going like just like one more and like, okay, it's over. And they couldn't do it. And it was drive killers. And it doesn't matter how good JT is. If he gets you to the ball and you drop it or he gets the ball and fumble it. And that like, that's going to happen. But that's kind of the, if I'm circling, if like, (laughs) this is crazy talk, like backward a year, if I'm circling the weak point in the rice offense right now, it's not the O line or the or the tight ends or the running backs or the quarterback. It's the wide receivers. Yeah, and I I really like the talent. Like Braylon Walker is like crazy fast and fun to watch. Like I'm not and like Jovo in the open field. Like remember when we were talking about him as a quarterback and how excited we were. So yeah. like they got some guys, but like that's the point where I kind of I need this is a unit that I need to see grow. And if they can do that. I'm going to feel better about the full season trajectory. Yeah, it's a whole lot of guys with with upside, but not just not a lot of experience that you trust outside of. Um, so hopefully you see growth in that over the year. Um, they've they've got a good quarterback throwing to them, which is not something we've been able to say a lot. Um, and something we can we can pretty definitively say at this point. Like AAC, so, what was it? AAC Player of the Week. What award did he officially win? Uh, that's I, a great question. I sent, I sent it out somewhere here. I'll go find it. Bloomgren was uh, on three coach of the Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week in the American. JK. Yeah, Bloom was on three coach. I think Chewy was on three like coordinator of the week or something like that. You're darn right. Like, come on. Yeah, that's pretty solid. So, yeah, offense spectacular defense. All right. Uh, Honestly, spectacular in the first half and then wore down in a way that is understandable in the, in the second half, you'd you'd, uh, like to see them get a few more critical stops, but like, um, how about Coleman Coco with two more sacks? Damone green with three tackles for loss. Like, uh, the front is kind of. It's nasty. Kinda really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, six just, tackles for loss. And none of those were from Josh Piercy, who, by the way, just still led the team in tackles on his own. So he did fine. Yeah. And it was really interesting because the the way that this game kind of transpired. So Donovan Smith, like, is a big mobile quarterback and he ran the ball and like moved around. Yeah. He was looking like that he had... looking like what if KJ Jefferson weren't, so weren't, uh, it kind of reminded Bloom <laughs> called him Dante Culpepper before the game. <laughs> so he had 16 carries. Uh, he had yeah. ended up 42 attempts. He toss in sacks. So 45 something draft 
dropbacks, but it completed 57% of his passes higher than I thought it would be. But, uh, but yeah, so he had a moving target in the backfield and those numbers are pretty good, uh, you know, for how he was used that I, I was really happy with just everything about, about the first half they come out, they get the interception, uh, Treshawn Devones, man, like just Bruce pod shout out to Treshawn Devones. <laughs> like yeah. the dude has just been, we have he's really been the come guy full circle with him that like, man, we need you to step up, please. Yeah. And he did it in 2020 as a, a true freshman. He comes in and it's like the starting corner because everybody else like falls apart. Like the room is broken and does really, really well. Uh, gets hurt, spins last year, like on crutches at practice. I see him every day and comes out and kind of gets forced into a starting role and has the interception. And he's just played like great. Like really, really yeah, he's been really stellar good. so far. Like the whole secondary in the first half, just so aggressive and so neat. Like they had six passes defensed, and I would bet you most of those were in the first quarter and a half. Like they just came out with so much fire and broke up so many passes, and just like were really like really flying yeah. to the ball and 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 Sean really Flesh. putting pressure on the Houston receivers. At three, yeah. I mean, before the season, we're like, can he handle it? I he can handle it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he's yeah, he's playing. And the Houston receiving court, man, like just watching those guys play. I, 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 Sam Brown was just like, my gosh, he was so good after the catch. And like, we already knew about Manjack and and Matthew Golden, and and I want to so call out another thing: the defense. So the first half, like rush was good, uh, coverage was good. I thought tackling was pretty good. I thought that was maybe something in the second half, like we can circle tackling. Like we'll get to that. I don't. That's. I mean, that's maybe the de facto when you have so many chunk plays, right? You just have some issues yeah. there. But, but at the secondary, I thought this was this was so interesting because you have the fourth or the fourth down the uh, the first overtime period where it's basically a step and out by Golding to get to the back back pylon to kind of throw. What is that? It's not quite a fade, but um, that was the, the same kind of route concept. And first overtime, Houston converts for the touchdown to, to go ahead at that point, which, by the way, was the 35th straight unanswered point for Houston. And Rice won the game. Yeah. Which is like, be on, <laughs> like, raise your hand if, like, first of all, if you thought when it went to overtime, if Rice was going to win that game. And then when Houston scored, like, I just, I thought it was done. I'll be honest. How many like, teams have, have, have allowed 35 unanswered points and won? Like, ever in the, <laughs> ever in the question. history yeah. of FBS football? Like, it, we got to be counting on one hand. Like, like, just like I, no... think, I think most people who watch a lot of football understand that the concept of momentum is overrated. But like, yeah, usually if you're going to overtime in that situation, it like good things are not uh, portended. Yeah, so 
but so the, the route they run uh, and you can i mean some probably on the houston social media feeds or i think the game is up on youtube now somebody was telling me but the, the route they run just a a one step and out to the back pylon and golding uh, golden beats the guy for the score you go look at the play that won rice the game it's the exact same route concept period it, they did change nothing they tried to run hmm. the same thing again and rice stopped them and raise your hands everybody wherever your car in your kitchen or at your <laughs> desk at work or wherever raise your hand if you had jojo gene with the overtime game winning pass breakup on your bingo card for this game now put your hand down liar <laughs> i mean shoot like converted corner move to safety playing a really, really good wide receiver who just beat the defense on the same route on the other side of the field five minutes ago. And like, it was a, you could, I mean, go watch it. They, Rice actually has a, they posted a like frame by frame, slow-mo like shot, shot for shot of the breakup. And it's like, this is how you teach a defensive back. Receiver's hand goes up. You put your hands between their arms, pull up. Like, it was perfect. So shout out JoJo Jean for that breakup. But, like, man, that just kind of, like, emphasizes a point that I think we kind of danced around in the preseason. But this is a team that we've said is more talented than any other team that Bloomer has ever had at Rice. And if that statement is true, then your twos should be good. And, and maybe not, yeah. you know, as good as your ones, but you should have guys on the team that can step up and make a play. And maybe right. you don't like put the weight of like win the game on this play on their shoulders, but 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 you shouldn't be stunned when that happens. And so like the fact that it can be, you know, if Gabe Taylor has the breakup, we're like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's Gabe Taylor. But the fact that like it's Jojo Jean, who's a guy, he's a guy that's like coming into his own was like a spring star at corner and is a second year kind of guy like that's awesome. And it like says a lot about this defense and just like their resiliency. Like they came back and they made the play. Yeah. That just. That was, I mean, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it was, it was wonderful. That's exactly how you're supposed to yeah. finish these games. And, and they scored a Bloomberg always jokes one more point than the opponent. They got two more points. Yeah, beating the, the opponent. overachieving here. So <laughs> that counts. Uh, afterwards, the game, and I, I, this uh, this came out afterwards. So somebody texted me a picture shortly after the game finished of Dana Holgerson, uh, and, and this was since tweeted out, but Dana Holgerson sitting poolside with the bucket. I guess this was the, the after the 44-7 game two years ago. <laughs> And said, do you remember this? I said, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, hold on. And then, you know, kind of wait a little bit and kind of all of a sudden I go look on social media and there is a picture that has been posted. And I love the troll job. Like kudos to the Rice football staff. It is Mike Bloomgren. And you got to go see it. I, it. I I retweeted it. It's up there. It's Mike Bloomgren sitting poolside in the same exact outfit 
like wearing the same pants, same colored shirt, holding holding a beer just like Dana, but the whole football staff is behind him. And like just tweeted with like go owls or something, like no comment. And just like an epic, like solid A plus troll job. That was it was wonderful. It was oh man. Like if you're gonna <laughs> win a rivalry game, like yeah, you need to do, do it, it in like, style. <laughs> It was it was so great. You had UH afterwards. Nelson Caesar, one of their uh, better defensive linemen, I, I saw after the game, uh, said, "You know, we took Rice for granted," which uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've seen a college football player just come out and say that in quite some time. Yeah, I um, mean, uh, you know, it's a thing that happens, uh, and uh, I, I'm. I guess kudos to him for like being upfront about it because. Yeah. Yeah, but Dana was a mess after the game and and the UH fan base, the folks that I follow on Twitter and <laughs> and happened to interact with was very upset, as you can understand, because they just got beat by a non power five team and they're a power five team now but i will say this there are no moral victories but the houston or the the houston fan base is is currently still in shambles as we record this days later <laughs> and probably will be for some time and the texas fan base was very upset after the rice game and was going off about how their o-line couldn't protect their quarterback and like was not happy either so if you made two fan bases really upset I guess it may, a that that just might be college football, so maybe that's part for the course. Yeah. But I feel like in doing that, you you did something right. Yeah, especially if uh, it's one thing to take that as it if it's if it's two losses, but uh, yeah, you want like yeah, we're just just out here ruining uh old Southwest Conference uh rivals days, and that's you know that's satisfying. Yeah. It was great. Special teams, solid, good kickoffs, made all your extra points, made the two-point attempt that mattered. True freshman running back, crushing the eventual Three game. Three yeah. And let's just not go out and, like, give up 33 points to Texas Southern this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if this was your statement game that, like, the entire, like, the college football world is like, whoa, Rice is beating Houston. This is cool. Uh, if, you know, this is your statement, follow it up by, like, making literally nobody think about you this coming weekend. Like, just take care of business against yeah, Texas please. Southern in a ho-hum game where it's just like, okay, cool. Like, Rice is 2-1. That, that, that's what I would like to see. But Yeah, and by the way, just in case anyone was wondering, um, I have not, like, tweeted it uh, at at Bill Connolly to ask about the post-game win expectancy on this one, but I doubt it I looked, was a... I looked it up. Oh, did you, was he, it, did he, you find he it? He posted it. Yeah. Okay. I don't have it in front of me, but did you have a guess? Um, I would guess it. So I was just going to pull from, like, Rice ran 73 play. Like, yards per play is usually sort of my go-to stat here as just, like, like what's the differential on that? Rice ran 73 plays for 470 yards, so that's over six and a half yards a pop. 
for Houston, 81 plays for 443 yards. So that's five and a half. So a one yard per play advantage to Rice. Uh, what? Probably 60 to 70%? For Rice's win probability? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was 25% for Houston. Yeah, that sounds about right. Which is just basically, it wasn't like, you look at the final score and like, I know I'm sitting there in the fourth quarter in overtime and I'm like, if they lose, like the collapse, like right. how bad it was, like we get it. But you actually like look at the numbers and it kind of felt like Rice controlled this game, like one on both lines of scrimmage. Like it, that's what happened. Like it got weird and squirrely at the end because they didn't finish and execute in the second half with mental mistakes and, and just stuff that they shouldn't happen that way yeah uh, but yeah 75 percent post-game win expect expectancy for rice this was a game that uh, they were 10 point underdogs in by the way yeah but yeah they i mean like like take the drives of this game and rearrange them such that it's sort of a back and forth game and what you get from the whole kind of statistical picture not looking at it in sequence is basically rice outplayed Houston by a little bit and won a close game. And that's, that's what the stats show. And uh, like, even if I, I, I'm sure there are a lot of Rice fans that uh, were upset about the way things went in the second half, which, Hey, got the luxury to be upset about almost blowing a big lead to a My favorite kind of upset. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but on the whole, like you just look at this one, they outplayed and beat a longtime rival and what is now a Power Five team. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and this game, this was the last game on the current contract. It's over. So as of right now, today, there are no remaining games left in this rivalry. Which sad face, like. But Houston, I I, I believe it is their. AD before the game said, yeah, we we'd like to obviously see it continue. You know, we'll see. But man, you got to see it continue now if you're Houston, because you don't you don't want the last game of the rivalry to be you losing. You got to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, I think even Dana said something about about wanting to keep it going, which who knows. But like as much as I would love to just keep the bucket in perpetuity, um, Yeah, let's 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 make sure this game keeps going. Yeah, it four and a half miles like it's across the street. I, I it's yeah, one last game that happen. I have to travel far to like, come on, please, please. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> who who needs to make. I, I'll sign something. I, I know what he wants my signature, but I'll sign something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, heck of a win. If you could have like. If you told me that you're guaranteeing that Rice goes two and two. In the first or two and two, one and one, and the first two games, uh, all things considered, I probably would have been happy with it either way. I mean, I would have not turned down a what a top fifteen win over Texas on the road. Like that would have been <laughs> that would have been actually even more special than beating Houston. Period. Yeah, probably. But uh, if you're telling me this is kind of how the season started, first base expectations, I'm sure Rice's like two game, the uh, 
you know, win probability odds were probably sitting at like maybe half a win. Yeah. Through two games and you're one and one. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. You, uh, like, I, I think this is one we said at the beginning of the year, like, Hey, that's a, a winnable game. Maybe not one you would pick them to win, but like, that's one you could get. And they did. And, uh, that, you know, puts them in a very good place going forward. And, I think puts us still in line for our most optimistic potential projections for the season. So we'll see that where that goes, obviously likely to be a season of ups and downs as they all tend to be, but as good of a place as you, I think could reasonably have hoped to be at this point in the season. And they're there. And I was saying this to somebody after the game and, and we, we've got, we just, did a whole podcast about the micros, right? About like the small little things on offense and defense and special teams that went right and went wrong and didn't matter. But at the end of the day, I, I, I'm not, I think you can kind of boil it down to this. You got in a, a dog fight in a close game and you turned to your quarterback and said, win this game right now. And JT Daniels delivered Oh, man, do I have the splits with what he was specifically in overtime? I don't know if I did, but he delivered two touchdown drives and got you in position for the game winning two point conversion in overtime. And at the end of the day, like with everything that happened, what you've been asking for is you want a quarterback that can give you a chance. And I am for a firm believer that if JT Daniels is healthy, Rice will have a chance to win every single game they play from him here on out. And that is not something that has been the case. So heck of a win. You have a quarterback. You got a defense. You got a bucket. What more do you need? Uh, Six or more wins in the regular season. I'll take Uh, that. You know, not if we're getting picky, but next steps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, so heck of a win, heck of a start to the season so far. So uh, we'll be back, hopefully uh, discussing in cursory fashion, knock on wood, a, a, a comfortable <laughs> and easy win over Texas Southern next week. Uh, but we'll see y'all then. And rice fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.